0: You have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host.
1: This pandemic has actually played into the fact that housing is more of a necessity than ever before.
0: This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm John Shump and in this special episode of Invest Like a Pro presented by Housefinder with expert Simon Liu, we talk about the COVID-19 pandemic and overcoming the fear of the unknown that is brought upon us. We discuss some of the impacts he has seen, how to mitigate some of the risks why you need to remind yourself of the end goal and much, much more. We jump right in and Lou shares with us some of the conversations he has had with his clients about the COVID-19 pandemic.
1: I think it's uh, more pertinent than than ever before. I think previous to COVID-19. There was just a lot of, I mean, most property investors would just have an expectation that their properties would be rented, would find great long-term tenants, or they'd have to focus on is vacancy rates and things like that. But I think the deeper into this whole pandemic that we've gotten into, the more we're seeing articles of, you know, the, uh, the rental market really taking a massive hit, people are reducing rents significantly, you know, especially certain types of properties. So the conversations I'm having a lot with at the moment with my current uh, clients and past clients are, you know, what they should be doing and what they should be looking for in a property or in their own portfolio to ensure that it will be, uh, you know, relatively securely tenanted in the long term. Uh, You know, even if there's vacancies, even if they're in between tenants, you know, I guess it just comes down to mitigating a lot of risk, which is more important than ever
0: we find out the best ways for us to mitigate risk in the light of the pandemic and some of the biggest fears of a property investor.
1: The biggest risk is not being able to find a tenant. You know, having a a very long vacancy period in any property investor's portfolio is an extremely frustrating and it gets to a point where it's a, a downright scary experience. You know, if you're just paying mortgage repayments, if you're just paying council rates and all these expenses and you're not getting any income from that property, it really does put a lot of stress on your personal finances, you know, even if you are you know, fully employed and all that type of stuff as well. So that's probably the first fear. The second fear is getting bad tenants. You know, they sign on and they don't pay rent, which I have noticed in specific areas that has been a little bit more frequent. Because, you know, since uh, since since obviously this whole COVID-19 thing happened, there's been a lot of, uh, I guess, a lot of measures put in place from the government to stop tenants from, uh, sorry, to stop landlords from exercising their rights that they could have previously if tenants were, you know, to just stop paying rent.
0: But the interesting thing is as a landlord too, we're not allowed to terminate tenants based on... I guess if they're non-paying rent and even they did come to ask us for a reduction, we were trying to ask to see if we can get them to provide evidence that they have had a drop in I guess their their rental income, So not rental, their their business income, their commercial business and unfortunately, they couldn't even supply that. So, you know, everything's all sort of acting in good faith and there's no measures, there's no metrics, there's no reporting that's around this. So, there's not even accountability. So, people could potentially say, you know, I've lost my job. Could they? You know, we don't know.
1: Well, I mean, eventually, as a landlord, you can take action depending on what state you are. There's certain timeframes that you can, but it's so long that it's a, again just a very frustrating and stressful experience. If a tenant decides not to pay rent up to six months, you know, you basically can do nothing. You know, a few of the the ways that I try to mitigate a lot of this type of risk. I guess it's no secret that I've always had a had a sort of a focus on on buying investment properties that's in more sort of affordable housing areas in major capital cities. So we're not talking like, you know, very blue chip houses in a city type areas, but the focus has always been in areas where it's just your typical sort of in you know, an average income middle ring kind of suburbs. I think the main point that we have to focus on is the way that investors see property is different to what the majority of Australians see property as, which is at the end of the day a place to live in. You know, for themselves, for their family. You know, obviously, notwithstanding like a massive catastrophic event, housing will always be first and foremost considered as an essential item for people to to live in. So, the type of properties that will always be in demand are what I would consider affordable housing you've got your three four bedroom house that's in a major city Uh, that's in proximity to shop schools parks transport it may not be right near the city but it's within distance of traveling to various aspects of that particular city
0: in times like this, it can be as simple as having affordable housing to mitigate the risk of long vacancies.
1: Even in my own portfolio, I had a few vacancies in recent weeks, legitimate vacancies where tenants had to leave and I had to find new tenants. That kind of stuff is still significantly in demand from a rental perspective. You're getting a lot of people now that are, you know, unfortunately, in, in you know, exposed to some pretty bad financial uh, situations personally. Uh, and previously, they might be renting or they might be living in a, you know, quote-unquote nicer property in a city. But because of unseen circumstances, that they're, they're having to uh, move back into more sort of affordable options. So that's one side of the demographic. The other side is for the people that are maybe moving out of home or for maybe like a young family that's new to the state or, or, or starting out, they're also looking at these kinds of more affordable options. I guess at the end of the day, there will be consistent demand for houses that are affordable, you know, houses that are clean, safe, they're tidy, you know, they can house a family. I think that's also a very important factor to find properties where young families with kids or for, for any family with kids can safely live in. But I feel like if there is more of a focus of it for investors to focus on this type of product, it'll mitigate a lot of the risks of having tenancy issues down the track.
0: Lou provides us with a tip on the type of property that he believes is always in high demand.
1: And that's always the bottom line and whatever your goals are with property, it's 99% going to be a very long-term exercise. Usually, when you buy a property, you're holding onto it for at least 5 years, usually around 10 years. A lot can happen in 10 years, you know, you'll have ups and downs with the economy, you'll have you know, unforeseen circumstances like this pandemic happening, high interest rates, low interest rates. Personal circumstances, you know, investors or people, sometimes run into situations themselves where they have a bit of a rough patch. Maybe they a bit of unemployment, or maybe a health issue, health scare potentially. So, I think risk mitigation is so important, like now more than ever, and it's been a big focus for me and uh, and my clients nowadays to really focus on characteristics not really I mean we talked a little bit about the type of properties which are affordable housing but the characteristics of these properties as well come into play and in general terms you do need a property that appeals to as many people as possible a property that might appeal to the wider range of demographic would be like a three or four bedroom house with a decent sized yard you know it might be very low maintenance it might be very safe Uh, very typical layout, nothing too flashy, nothing too odd. In Queensland in particular, there's obviously the difference between high set and low set houses. Uh, High set basically is a low set house, is a single story house, but on stilts. Those are less in demand from a rental perspective than your typical sort of low set three, four brick house. Because if you have a house that Need stairs to get in and get out of. You're cutting out a, a significant amount of potential tenants that may have, you know, maybe some disabilities or, you know, maybe they just they just don't like stairs.
0: Building a portfolio with properties that appeal to a wider demographic is important in getting through a difficult period.
1: With my own portfolio as well, the ability of having these affordable houses is is obviously when the buying price is generally a bit cheaper compared to your more inner city areas. So. Over the long term, it allows an investor to spread their portfolio over a larger quantity of assets rather than you know having a lot of debt tied to just one or two inner city houses. Because if one of those houses become vacant or both become vacant, then you're really in a sticky situation. So I think that's also, also um, I guess, in many ways proving to be a, a bit of a lifeline, just having these properties that are... Appealing to the majority of tenants, they're in decent areas in capital cities. They're, they're priced to a certain point, not super expensive. And if you've got a few of them, then the, it becomes like a bit of a self-fulfilling portfolio where even if you have like one or two properties that are going through a bit of a rough patch, you've got a bunch of other properties that might be doing well enough to absorb some of those costs. If that makes sense. I feel like that, like if you get these things right, it really helps investors not be exposed to too much pain, potential pain, I guess, in in the coming months, in the coming years, even, depending on how this pandemic plays out. Another controversial point that I've, I've actually noticed on the ground when it comes to tenants is the stereotypical bad tenant can prove to be your best, especially in times of crises.
0: Coming up after the break, we delve into why there is an increased amount of activity in the property market at this time.
1: The shift has been on occupiers, being propped up by a lot of confidence and also being propped up by a lot of media bashing on the property market because of all the doom and gloom.
0: A stark reminder of the importers of having an exit strategy in place in case of an emergency. It's
1: really important not only to focus on growth and I guess advancing towards that goal but it's also important to ensure that you don't get into deep, you know, have measures in place to ensure that if things were to go wrong, you can exit.
0: And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum, and you're listening to Invest Like a Pro presented by Housewinder. Have you been looking for months and getting frustrated that each property you've seen since be a lemon? Or are you after distress? Off-market, high cash flow properties in high growth areas, capital city locations? If you answered yes to either of these questions, you are not alone. For being a loyal listener of the podcast, Simon Liu is offering a free one-hour strategy session normally valued at $500 to help put together an actionable property plan. To get your free strategy session, simply visit housefinder.com.au and fill out the contact form or call Simon directly on 0415 626 342, and quote, property invest story. We hear an interesting story about one of Lou's tenants and why you shouldn't judge a book by its cover.
1: I've got a single mum tenant in one of my properties who was struggling to find a home for herself and a couple of kids that she has. You know, I decided to take her on because, you know, at the time she was employed, you know, she wasn't on Ticker, which is a database for, for, for bad tenants. She came back with some really good references. It did two things. It it made, she was extremely grateful that I took her on because clearly she had been uh, rejected by a few other properties based on single mum status or stereotype that a a lot of landlords associate with as being not a reliable tenant. But the other thing is she was actually receiving Centrelink Benefits rent assistance. And that rent assistance paid my rent, or paid her rent completely. So as a landlord, her rent was basically coming directly from Centrelink into my bank account. Now, I know for a fact that, you know, this particular tenant did lose her job. uh, And I think she's found a new job at the moment. But, you know, regardless of whether she's in between jobs or not, my rent as a landlord is still secure because it's coming directly from Centrelink. And, you know, it's unnecessary for her to try and negotiate a lower rent or... You know, it's even if she chooses not to, you know, pay rent, it, like it doesn't really affect her, if that makes sense. So, I guess what I'm trying to say is, a lot of the negative stigma that a lot of people have uh, with tenants and and with with certain types of properties can actually prove to be the best kinds of investment, especially when there's uh, when when there's trouble. You know, when when it's there's a lot of uncertainty in the market.
0: When you're looking for tenants, you need to ensure that you approve the right people in the end.
1: I think a lot of character analysis comes into play, and uh, a, a offshoot of that is having an extremely good property manager as part of your team. You know, typically when you have a house for rent, obviously you do an open home, uh, and the type of people that come through, you know, you never want to judge a book by their cover, but, you know, at least when you're having a chat to them physically and, and looking at, you know, into their eyes and having, you know, conversation about their situation and what they're after, all that kind of stuff, you get a gauge you know, to some degree on the situation or the genuineness of a particular person that's looking to, to rent a property. Now, I think if it was, let's say, two able-bodied mates, you know, mid-twenties uh, that are on Centrelink, <laughs> you know, I think maybe that that's a little bit different to having, you know, like a, a single struggling mum, you know, with three kids that's looking for something something safe to live in. Everyone's got different situations, you know, obviously, if there's two able-bodied friends or brothers that have been on settling for a very long time, then then they may not be the most genuine of characters because, you know, look, I mean, we're in a pretty bad economic situation at the moment. People can't find jobs, but, you know, you, you kind of have to question, okay, are you guys actively looking? When was the last time you had a job? You know, all those kinds of factors are, are, are super important. Now, I'm not suggesting every single mom with three kids out there are genuine and struggling and they're not, you know, they're not, they're all, you know, uh, angels doing the right thing. <laughs> but um, look, the, I guess what I'm trying to say, there's always going to be a risk, you know, with any tenant in any property. I think it's our job as investors to, to minimize that risk as much as possible. And what I found recently is part of that is actually, uh, you know, Taking advantage, I want to say taking advantage, but leveraging, yeah, leveraging the, the generous benefits that the Australian government has for people that are genuinely struggling. Uh, struggling. So, you know, I think that helps, definitely helps, uh, helps has helped me ensure that the, the cash flow from my properties haven't really been impacted too much because, you know, these properties that I have, they appeal to the type of people that will forever, you know, need affordable and safe housing at the end of the day.
0: Nobody saw the global pandemic coming and the impact that it would have. If you are a little fearful at this time, just remind yourself that everything will eventually get back to normal.
1: This pandemic has actually played into the fact that housing is more of a necessity than ever before. You know, people need their own spaces. You know, to overcome or to minim- minimize the risk of catching COVID 19, authorities are advising people to stay indoors as much as possible and to keep apart. You know, at the end of the day, I feel like this particular pandemic globally will actually benefit certain property markets. Uh, you know, it might not benefit the super expensive blue chip type properties because the amount of people that are buying and and uh, and can afford those kinds of properties at time, during times of risk is 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 definitely lower. But I do feel like median the more sort of affordable options that it's definitely there's definitely been a bit of an uptake, uh, especially in the areas that I are operate in, uh, from a uh, from a business perspective, from a buying perspective. Uh, a lot of homeowner act, uh, buyer activity at the moment. A lot of owner occupiers now. You know, looking at these these suburbs, that I mean, just because they're affordable, it doesn't mean they're 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 lower socio. It doesn't mean that they're bad areas. You know, they're just you know a bit further out. Maybe not what a lot of people would prefer in terms of proximity to cities and things like that. I mean, really, we're talking about the, you know twenty kilometer distance, so it's not like a huge you know, five-hour commute or anything like that. And the other thing is uh, I feel like a lot of these, uh, from, from what I'm seeing as well, a lot of these, uh, the owner-occupiers or first-home buyers that are buying a house to live in are also being a little bit more conservative. You know, previously, they might be borrowing to the hilt uh, to try and get that property that they, they, they really want in a very desirable location. Uh, but now, you know, because of the economic risk and, you know, potentially employment risk as well, even if they can afford, let's say, a million bucks buy a fancy place to live in, they're opting for more sort of conservative options and they're, they're, they're maintaining a bit of a buffer, you know, from a cash perspective as well. So they might be, you know, budgeting $700,000 instead, as an example. So I think that's, that's starting to become a little bit more normal as well.
0: We delve into why Lou thinks that working in the property industry has been busier than ever, even during this period of time.
1: There's a few factors at play currently you know, I think the government has done a great job in, in maintaining confidence with the general public. You know, again, with JobKeeper, Seeker, you know, banks deferring mortgage repayments, you know, extremely low interest rates, even though that's not really a government policy. But all of these factors combined has helped maintain a lot of confidence with people who need to enter the property market because they need a house to live in. Now, Previous to COVID, I would say there was probably a 50-50 balance between an investor wanting to buy a property versus an owner-occupier wanting to buy that property. Since we're you know several months into COVID, uh, I would say that shift is probably more like 20% or 25% investor versus 75% or 80% owner-occupier. So there's a lot more owner-occupier activity there's a lot more 1st home buyer activity on the other hand of the equation there's a very limited number of listings that are coming coming on board you know on, on the market uh, definitely a lot less than there would be normally so the people that are selling houses at the moment there's a lot more situations where people are, are have genuine uh, reasons to sell rather than previously where people are thinking oh you know what uh, if I can Cash out, or make a decent profit, or maybe I'll just test the market and see if there's any, you know, potential buyers and things like that. We've got a situation where we do have a lot of buyers on the grounds. Uh, the shift has been on occupiers being propped up by a lot of confidence, and also being propped up by a lot of uh, uh, media bashing uh, on the property market because you know of all the doom and gloom and property prices going to tank and all this kind of stuff. So. You know, there's a lot, of, uh, a, lot, a lot of owner-occupiers that are out there thinking that they're going to be getting a, a better deal, a, a bargain, or a, a cheap house that they can, you know, buy a house for their family to live in or to grow up in. Uh, and then on the other hand, you've got a limited number of listings as well. So I think when you marry the two together, you get a situation where you, there's just a lot of market activity. It's more uh, apparent in uh, locations where it's not like super expensive. You know, you've, in, in locations that are, again, more affordable, in locations that are more um, uh, conducive to, you know, median income standards and things like that.
0: You need to be in property for the long haul and understand there will be bumps along the way, but always have the end goal in mind.
1: Property is a long-term game and I think investors all have to remember this. And this is how I advise all my clients that come to me and say, hey, Simon, I want to build a portfolio, I want to have, have $100,000 of passive income in 10 years. I go, okay, cool, that's great. Let's strategize. We can work that out. That's fine. But 10 years is a long time. You know, within that 10 years, there's going to be high interest rates. There's going to be different economic policies. There could be, you know, pandemics like what we're experiencing. So it's really important, you know, not only to focus on on growth and, I guess, advancing towards that goal, but it's also important to ensure that, you know, you, you don't get into deep. Uh, you, you know, have measures in place to ensure that you don't, you know, if things were to go wrong, you can exit, you know, exit strategies are super important, we've discussed this in previous episodes, and also to ensure that uh, your property appeals to lots and lots of tenants, and it's rentable, and, you know, you're not going to come under any undue stress or risk if that tenant decides to not pay rent, or if they decide to leave, or if you have maintenance issues and things like that, so...
0: Property Investor.